All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just after five or four, four o'clock. Ooh, getting ahead of myself here. Just after uh, four o'clock and whew, we are rolling again. I love it. It's positive Friday, the month of giving. And man, we have had a fantastic month. And oh, by the way, if you want to see our final packages, Next week, go to jasongregor.com, and we have some awesome, awesome packages for you. So uh, you can uh, check it out. We have uh, for all, of, and I like I like the variety of it. Um, A1 Heating has uh, come in with a sick package. We also will have um, a big in Kate Paul uh, Chef Paul Schufelt. Of course, uh, you've probably eaten in many of his places, workshop eatery. Woodshed Burgers, Robert Spence Catering, Hayloft are fantastic places to eat. Well, he will bring catering to your house. Wine, beer, food, and it is amazing. Amazing. Um, Michelle Dirk is uh, offering up her uh, realtor fees once again from Acquired Real Estate Group. Uh, we have the Get Hooked Fishing Adventures. You and a few of your friends will be uh, fishing on the North Saskatchewan with uh, Louis DeBrusque. And, uh, but more importantly, uh, Get Get Hooked Fishing Adventures. You got a, your own fishing guide. It's an amazing day, man. Last year, uh, the winner who, who got this, he loved it. And so uh, we'll do that. We have the, uh, the HEPA system from Mondo once again. And uh, here we have some new ones this year. The uh, Canadian uh, Brewhouse Clubhouse Package. Did you even know that Canadian Brewhouse had their own package, which is uh, pretty awesome. They have their own clubhouse, 
You can't really rent it out. This thing is like a full gymnasium. It's got, you know, all the amenities for volleyball, basketball, soccer, hockey, a tennis ball machine, rock climbing wall, two bowling lanes, massive TVs, uh, arcade games. It'll come with a thousand dollar food and beverage. Like this is unreal for a staff party. Wait till you see the pictures, uh, next Thursday at this place. It is unreal. So we'll have that. We also then have, uh, um, from, uh, Carrie, everybody at, uh, Steel Collar CNC as well as, Trilogy Oilfield, we're going to have uh, four uh, Loge seats on the Loge ledge for the Oilers and the Senators. Uh, you're going to be able to have your uh, your personalized custom sign from uh, Steel Collar uh, CNC for your man cave, she shack, whatever you want. It's pretty awesome. Uh, they'll do all the drawing and drafting for it. That's included. All right, custom 3D sign. Pretty sweet. And uh, also you're going to get a custom basket uh, honoring the red wine lifestyle. Included is uh, uh, glasses, decanter, uh, six bottles of red. Oof, pretty sweet, I tell you. Pretty sweet. So uh, those are all the packages for next week. You can see them all at jasongregor.com. And um, we got uh, more donations uh, here today. We had uh, Chris, Paul, and Brian have come in at uh, $200. I love it. So we're down to six. We only need six more at 200. Uh, Ryan came in at 500. We're down to two 500s. And we had, uh, Wade and, uh, Cheryl in at 100. So, uh, we are down to eight of the 100s. So, uh, eight, six, and two. Down to 16 listeners. I like it. 833-401-1440. Uh, also, Cam came in at 50 bucks. Thank you very much, Cam. I love it. So if you, uh, if you want to help out the uh, Christmas Bureau, you can. It's great. 100, 200 or $500. Hey, we'll take a thousand for somebody who wants to match the other ones. We're already filled those two out with Shane and uh, John, but we'll always take more. Never say less. But hey, this hour, let's get closer. We always like to have only a few left for the final hour. So 200, 100, 500. And Jimmy from Booster Juice sent us a note here just uh, before the last break that uh, they are mat- they offered to match the full pyramid at seventy five hundred bucks. One of our new sponsors on the show, uh, they've really enjoyed the the feedback and support from the show, and they want to give back. All right, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Dale Wishwan, he of course is uh, the founder of Booster Juice, started it right here in our lovely city. It's awesome, and uh, they give back. So you can give back to uh, one hundred, two hundred, and five hundred. Right. That would be great if you want to uh, help us out because uh, we want to fill out the pyramid, the Christmas pyramid. There's lots of people out there that need our help right now. Now, let's get to a uh, good friend of the show, Greg Button, as uh, we're going to get to uh, In the Room, brought to you by next... Uh, oh, yeah, he's coming up at 420. My bad. Wanye was supposed to be here, but he's sick. And you know what? Like a good teammate, he doesn't bring the sickness to us. So uh, he's out. Coughing, hacking, gross. But smart that you don't bring it in. So uh, while we wait for butts, let's get to the uh, ski report now, Collins. Let's get to the uh, Snow Valley ski report because I know many of you, you're thinking on going. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Friday, December 15th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. There is some fresh snow out in the mountains, so skiers and boarders can rejoice heading into the weekend. Marmot Basin receiving five centimeters in the last day and have opened the Canadian Rockies Express, giving access to more of the mid-mountain terrain. Down in Banff, Lake Louise receives 10 centimeters in the last 24 hours, boasting all lifts and 100 runs 
options open. Not too bad for this time of the year. Sunshine was 70 centimeters and 71 runs open, but Goat's Eye still remains closed. Norquay will have all lifts spinning this weekend with five centimeters of fresh snow of their own. Further south, Castle Mountain. All lifts running, but terrain still limited up in the high alpine areas. Across the border west into BC, Fernie, Panorama, Kicking Horse, and Revelstoke all boasting fresh snow, and all of them opening more terrain daily with Kimberly kicking off its season this weekend. Locally, Snow Valley, Rabbit Hill, Sunridge, and the Edmonton Ski Club are all pretty well entirely open, but still some work left to do on the train parks and features as we await some fresh snow in the capital region. If you're willing to make the trip, best conditions you're going to find this weekend likely up in the Pine Pass in northern BC, where Powder King Resort is operating on a 105-centimeter base with skiing and riding on soft-packed powder, expecting more snow all weekend, and list the skiing as excellent early season conditions. They only operate Thursday to Sunday right now, but that will go up to daily over the holidays. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. How about that, man? It sounds like we're getting more and more snow for you, a local skier. Who doesn't love a good uh, ski? I actually hadn't went skiing in probably 20-some years. Uh, we, we, my wife was a big skier, so uh, uh, my son was uh, skiing, and then we went to uh, uh, Jasper in January, a few, well, I guess five years ago now. I hadn't skied in, in forever. And, man, <laughs> like, well, the skis have changed for sure. Like, they're a lot wider. They're, they're a lot more forgiving, uh, the, and, and they've changed, right? You used to, I remember when you were younger, it's like, oh, you gotta have like two hundreds, two tens. And now it's like, no, 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 no. You want to be able to control them. Thank God. So it was, uh, it's quite good until all of a sudden my son's like, dad, let's go through the trees. And so, you know, almost, uh, ripped a few groins catching your, uh, ski tips on some trees. Cause I'm not necessarily the best turner in clothes. I can get down the hill. No problem. Right. Once I got used to it, hey, you can go down any, uh, black diamond. No problem. But through the trees, eh. Not uh, not necessarily uh, overly confident in there uh, at all. So, Cons, you a skier? You know what? I am not. I am not. I uh, love a trip out to the mountains, but I'll uh, I'll catch you guys at the, the pub afterwards. You know? That's more my style. So, have you, like, when was the last time you skied? Uh, so, I, sn- I went snowboarding in junior high, and before that, probably would have been grade six. That I went skiing. Well, Pearl Elementary, we used to go to Snow Valley once a year. Okay. And I just did not like it. So, yeah. Lots of trips to the mountains with, like, the crew that would all go out. There'd be maybe two or three of us that would just, uh. So you would go with the... your, you would go with your buddies. They would all go skiing and you just sit in the chalet and get bombed all day or what? Well, we'd stay at, uh, stay in town, stay oh, in okay. Jasper or Banff, wherever oh. it might have been. But okay. yeah, I'd go out with them for sure. Cause, you know, I mean, my friends, they were like done by two. They get out there early, okay. get back in town, and then we'd go for drinks. But yeah, for sure, I I I like the idea of it. Love being in the mountains, but you're probably not going to catch me out on the slopes yet. Right. Now, what about your wife? Same sort of thing. She did it as a kid. Okay, so and she's that- probably more likely to go than I am. Really? Oh man, like I'm not a like I got some buddies who can really ski, but so I'm not like you know what I, like I've always said like though if you ever want to film how how not to ski, that's what I might qualify. Like the technique isn't the best, right? It's it's a little shaky at times, but I can get down the hill. I quite like it, right? Like it's I don't know. There's just something about it. Like moguls, not so much a fan of moguls. I've had a few bad spills uh, on the moguls. Right, especially at sunshine when you try to do the moguls under the uh, chairlift and doesn't go very well, and then you just got everybody mocking you from above. <laughs> so, but man, I love skiing. I think it's uh, it's a great act- activity. Get outdoors, and 
Oh man, when you go skiing now, you ski all day, come home, you have a hot tub, and oof, like if you can last till eight o'clock at night, it's a miracle. So I think my last experience on skis was on the T bar at Snow Valley. And the person I was going up with sat on it and we ate it, rolled down the hill for a bit, and that was it. Since then I just kinda took my skis and went home. <laughs> but I'm not really gonna come back one day. I, I've heard like the best way to get back into it is to go to the mountains and go on a a legit run where you have to get down. Like it's not going to be over in two minutes or thirty seconds, whatever it is. Like it's go out to the mountain and you got to figure it out. Make it worth your while. Yeah. Hey guys, you've never been living until you go heli skiing from Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can now, Graham, I respect the guys and gals who can go heli skiing, but. Essentially, it's like a humble brag when you're going heli skiing because you're like, well, I'm a really good skier because I don't think I'm good enough to go heli skiing. Like they're going in powder. It's like three feet deep, man. Like, I don't think I got a chance there. Like no. I, could, I could start, but I'm not finishing and I'm probably ruining for everyone else. I'm like, is there a sled around here? Can somebody save me? So, no, not at all. And like that, that can't be a cheap process, right? Like you're paying a lot of money. I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Looks cool. Would love to. One of my favorite uh, little documentaries, Red Bull did a snowboarding documentary, and it's some some great visuals, but you got to be legit to go to that. Lots of text uh, flying in, uh, 833-401-1440. Guys, uh, what's Holland waiting for? Why not just pull the trigger and make a trade? You can't tell me they're hoping Jack Campbell's going to re- recover, are they? From Nick? Well, Nick, here's the question. So pull a trigger on a trade. To who, though? That's my question. Which goalie are you trading for? So, like, let's, if we go through the teams in the NHL right now, like, is Dan Vladar the answer for you? Because they have three goalies, but right now, you know, Markstrom's banged up, so... No, Boston doesn't have Boston's not trading Swayman or Allmark, I don't think. Like, why would they? Toronto, no. Uh the Florida Panthers, no. Right? Uh, Knight makes four point five million in the minors and he has a below nine hundred save percentage. So I don't necessarily think you're you're acquiring him. The New York Rangers, no. The Islanders, no. Philadelphia Flyers, they don't have a goalie who's available. The Detroit Red Wings now there's an option. They have three goalies. Are they ready to deal one? I don't think they know who they can trade, though. That you know, that's their issue in Detroit. Now, I'm thinking it's James Reimer, and so that's that's one option. Carolina definitely not. They're looking for a goalie. Tampa Bay, no. Washington Capitals, no. The Devils, no. Penguins, no. Montreal has goalies, but they just signed Montembeau. Now they could trade Jack Allen, but he makes three or Jake Allen, excuse me, but he makes three point eight million dollars in the cap hit how do the orders fit that in like if you want to send them jack campbell you got to really really up the ante sabers they're looking for a goalie columbus uh no did you see uh well their team defense or goaltending third period last night oh man they had a five nothing lead they gave up five goals in the third then now they didn't win in overtime but it's quite the game ottawa i wouldn't think so colorado winnipeg dallas Vegas, Vancouver, L.A., any of them options? No. Preds, no. Blues, like everybody says Jordan Binnington, but I don't see how that helps the orders. Like, And, again, if it's Jack Campbell going the other way, how much more you got to add into it? 
So that leaves the Flames. Seattle, I mean, San Jose could be a chance there, right? Depending on, on where they're at, what's their mindset. You heard their head coach talk about, well, I didn't look at the standings, but suddenly I took a peek at them all of a sudden because uh, they are, what? Well, they're eight points out. Like, let's be real here. San Jose's not making the playoffs, but I don't, um, I don't see uh, uh, how it goes uh, for them. I think Blackwood's a possibility for sure. Hey, guys, you don't need Vasilevsky to win. However, we had the better goalie against Vegas. We would have beat them. Hill did steal them the last two games. We had the second-best goal in the LA series as well. All I'm saying is we roll in the playoffs this year with Skinner as a starter. The result will be the same. Second-best goal in the ice, ultimately leading to the orders coming up short. We don't have the team defensive ability as the last two cup winners. Chris K. Well, Chris, here's the thing. And my only argument is people assuming that because Stuart Skinner as a rookie in his first time in the playoffs can improve. No, there's no chance. He's never going to be any better. Based on what? Right? Go through the list of teams and players and individual players who don't... Look at how many times Pavel Datsuk had to play in the playoffs before he was good. Or Zetterberg. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Jordan Eberle. Connor McDavid. Right? Connor McDavid had nine points his first 13 playoff games that year. For Connor McDavid, that was after a 100-point season. Right? The playoffs are hard. Should they have played uh, Campbell earlier? 100%. But make no mistake. Vegas's plan wasn't a Aiden Hill. They got forced into Aiden Hill and wouldn't have played him if Persuad hadn't got injured. Right? So there's lots of variables. Right? Colorado won. Colorado's defense wasn't that dominant. They look at their goal, look at their save percentage. They just scored a lot of goals. Vegas team defense really good. I would uh, I would agree wholeheartedly on that. Very good. Hey guys, there just seems to be a pattern. Skinner plays really well. The team plays well in front of him, and then he'll have an off night. And it's just you can't have that in Game Six of the Stanley Cup playoff. He definitely has to work on that. Well, yeah, he's a young guy, Dallas. I would agree. But again, to me, I don't even think he had an off night. Like that fourth goal. Let's let's like let's take a second, break down the fourth goal. He went to poke check the puck, and Kucherov beat it. Like, is that really that terrible of a play? If we're honestly going to look at it, do you think that's terrible of a play? Or is it more egregious that Cody Cece didn't tie up the stick of Kucherov? I'd probably argue it's more Cece if it's me. Right? The Stamkos goal through a screen, I don't care. That one's got to be saved. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Wholeheartedly. But, like, I didn't think it was soft goal after soft goal after soft goal. Like, they've had worse nights around the league other guys have had. Heck, Vas- Vasilevsky in Vancouver the other night led in two goals. They were pretty bad. Hey, Gregor, what about Gibson and Anaheim? Well, he makes a lot of money. Right? That's that's the challenge. And I'm not sold. I have heard. I'm not sure you want John Gibson in your in your locker room. That's just my... I don't. I don't get the uh, warm and fuzzies from him on that. So I could be wrong, but that's. I've heard that from a few places. So that's uh, that's kind of me, right? Like I, Stuart Skinner has started less than a hundred NHL games. I'm not ready to just throw up my arms and say, "Well, there's no chance he can be better in the playoffs than he was last year." I think that's very narrow-minded and short-sighted to think that way. 
Does he have to play better than he did last year in the playoffs? 100%. Do I think he's capable of it? 100% I do, actually. Just how I look at it. So, see how it goes. 421, uh, it is Plaza Friday, the uh, month of giving. Right? We're down to, uh, oh, just got uh, Elon in at... Um, a hundred bucks. So now we're down to seven. So we need seven one hundreds, six two hundreds, two five hundreds. Right? That'll fill out the pyramid. Booster juice is going to match the pyramid of seventy five hundred. So it's positive Friday. The Christmas bureau is really short need. So if you got an extra one hundred or two hundred dollars kicking around, maybe a company out there got five hundred. Want to get your staff in on it? That would be great. 833-401-1440 as we want to uh, fill out the uh, Pyramid of Giving today to help out the Christmas Bureau. We'll come back with uh, Craig Button and more on The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 426. Positive Friday. How are you? Gregor. Howling. Sports 1440. Oilers Nation YouTube. Thanks always for uh, listening and watching. Uh, you're downloading it on the app. Maybe you're streaming it online, at home. We love it. However, you're uh, consuming the show, watching and listening uh, very, very much. Appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate your donations. 833-401-1440. It's Pause of Friday. we got to fill out the pyramid. We need uh, two people at 500, six people at uh, 200, and uh, seven people at 100. And we will uh, fill it out. All right, so that's a total of 15 of our listeners, which isn't very much when you consider how many listeners we have. So $100, $200, or $500 donations to help out the uh, Christmas Bureau. Uh, Booster Juice has offered to match the pyramid, which will give us uh, an even $15,000, which is wonderful uh, at a time when there's uh, lots of families in need. So you know what? Uh, if you got the uh, an extra 100 kicking around, 200 uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, all you have to do is text in with your name, and uh, the number that you want to donate. And then uh, we will pass on your information to Elisa and her team at the Christmas Bureau. They will call you. You can do an e-transfer. You get a tax receipt, of course, because it's a 100% donation. It's wonderful. 833-401-1440. How about we try to get at least seven people before the top of the hour? So then we only have half of them left in the uh, final hour. So 100, 200, or 500. If you're thinking about it, just do it. You won't regret it. You'll feel great. Now, let's go uh, in the room, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, Heavy Haul tra- Transporter, and uh, they just got in some new platform trailers, and they are ready to roll. Need some? Use them. Transportation.com. As we uh, welcome to the show Craig Button from uh, TSN. And, uh, Craig, I know a lot of people, ah, Edmonton's goaltending. To me, the story last night, I can't recall a better goaltending performance in a long, long time. Vasilevsky, he basically did to the orders what Connor McDavid does to the opposition on nights, where he's just better. And you, like, you can't stop McDavid. And last night, you couldn't beat Vasilevsky. It was amazing to watch. The Oilers should have won that game 18 to 7. <laughs> like, it was unbelievable. I'm watching the game, especially, I mean, not that, but through the game. It, it was unbelievable the performance that Vasilevsky put on last night. It was, you know, it's one of those performances where it'll be a rarity to see something like that ever again. And you think, I love what Stuart Skinner said after the game. He said, hey, you know what? We played a great game. The players deserve much better. Don't hang your heads. I needed to be better. And just acknowledging that, I think that tells you everything you need to know about Stuart Skinner. Don't, like, again, I, I, I keep saying this about Stuart. Stuart is a capable goaltender. He has shown that. And, yeah, he had a hiccup last night. So what? Move on. This team is, uh, has, has found their level. They're playing much, much better. Everybody is. 
And Vasilevsky, he should have been the first, second, and third star last night. And that's Whiskey Stamco scoring four goals. Yeah, it's funny. I can't recall a game where a guy goes scores four goals and no one even really talks about it because Vasilevsky was so, so good. And Edmonton, like, there was about a seven-minute stretch there, Craig, for the orders where it just was line after line after line. And it wasn't just like, well, we're hemming him in. Like, it was utter domination. Like, the orders should actually feel really good about where their game is at right now. No, no, I don't think there's any question. I, I you know, you you've won, you won eight in a row before uh, the game on Thursday night. You played great. They really did. And so take take all of that and understand. Just keep playing. Just keep playing like that. Did they deserve a better outcome in that game? Yeah, by the by the way they played, they didn't get it. Doesn't doesn't mean that uh, it's any reason to hang your head. Just just keep moving and certainly. Uh, you, you talk about finding your game, playing well. The others are doing all of that. And they're doing it in, in, in the areas that they needed to do it. And, I mean, offensively, I don't think there was any concern about the, the Oilers because of their high skill level. And, and they were getting chances even when they were in that slide. But, you know, right now, they, they got their game in order. Craig Button joins us. Craig, I was looking at the order schedule. They have 18 games in their next 53 days. That's it. Now, then after that, they got a, just a terrible stretch of games, basically February, March, April. It's really condensed. So they have the benefit in one sense of time that, you know what, if they have to go Skinner and Pickard uh, between over the next 18, they can. But to me, it's imperative, ideally sooner than later for sure, but by February, they have to have this goaltending situation sorted out. It's inexcusable otherwise. Well, when you say sort it out, you're talking about getting somebody in to support Stuart Skinner. Yes. Yeah, and I think that everybody understands that. I don't think we're saying anything. Hey, Calvin is the third goaltender in the organization. And, you know, there's there's times when you need to lean on your third goaltender. This is a time right now. But when, when, when you get to the serious parts of the schedule, as you point out, when the schedule is condensed after this stretch of 53 days, you're going to need some really good, solid goaltending behind Stuart Skinner. And maybe, maybe it is Calvin Picker. Maybe, maybe it can. I don't think it is, but I think that, you know, that's an area where they have – because you can't be thinking that they're going to get more – I mean, would Calvin Picker get more than a game or two in this 53-day stretch? I, I don't see it. <laughs> Well, I think they're going to have to, right? Like, I, 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 I could make an argument that you could start Pickard in New York on the Islanders on Tuesday and then one of the back-to-backs on New Jersey and the Rangers. Like, I, you could make that argument if you want. I'm not saying they will because I'm for sure going to Skinner tomorrow against Florida, right? And I know that uh, they have two sets of back-to-back in, in their in their six game, their final six games of the month. So I, I, he's going to get two of those starts for sure. Maybe a third one there, right? Like, if they wanted to, they could do it. You know, some would argue maybe you shouldn't, but if they wanted to, they could because Pickard in his last game against New Jersey, Craig, was pretty solid. Yeah, he was solid. The team in front of him was unbelievable, uh, and 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 certainly the goaltender has to do his part, and Calvin did exactly that. But uh, you, you know, again, like so, two or three games in the next fifty-three days, in the next eighteen games, you, you haven't become any clearer in understanding. Do you have the capable? Do you have the duo in the net, the tandem in the net? Because Hey, listen, I, I think the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a wild-card team. But you don't want to let that slip because when you dig yourself on the size of the hole that the Oilers did, I still think they got to win 14 more games than they lose to get to 96 points. Maybe maybe it's only 13. Maybe they only need 94 points. 
But there are 500 teams that, based on my math and, and based on the history of making the playoffs, you're going to need 94, 96 points. That means you've got to find a way to win 13 or 14 more games than you lose the rest of the way. That yeah. is something that they can't let slip. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, Craig Button from uh, TSN joins us. Uh, Craig, we, uh, you know, getting close to Christmas, and, uh, you know, I think it caught up a better sense of where some teams are at now than where they were. The, the Metro division's wide open uh, outside of the Rangers. You know, like the Islanders, the Flyers, like Carter Hart's playing great. Uh, the Islanders, uh, you know, they can't score a lot, but their defense is good, and they got arguably one of the best goaltending tandems in the entire National Hockey League. New Jersey, Carolina. You know, what do you make of the Metro ultimately? Like, are you still hesitant to put Philly in the race, or are you starting to say, damn, I might have to give them a little bit more respect? Well, I think I think they've earned uh, respect. I think they've earned uh, the opportunity to to be considered seriously because they played so well. The Islanders, you know, have been so good in finding ways to win. And, you know, this league is about finding ways to win. You know, Pittsburgh, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm not certain about Pittsburgh. Carolina has had, had their moments. They, they, they struggled in other areas. But what we're talking about here. Outside of the Columbus Blue Jackets, you, you you can make the argument that like you know you've got you you got teams in the hunt between I should say between the Rangers and between the uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think New Jersey's finding their game. I think New Jersey is is getting back to uh, to the level of play that we expected them. So if that is the case, you're not looking at two teams out of five that can make the playoffs. There's I, and, and maybe maybe there's two wild card teams from the Metro. I don't see it that way. So we'll we'll, we'll just wait and see. Because I think Boston and Florida are in the playoffs in the in the Atlantic, Toronto. That's three. So you know you're starting to you, you talked about the season moving forward and we're getting near Christmas. Guess what? Teams are getting squeezed and they're getting squeezed into an area where again I'll use the term the margin for error is really thin. Craig, the uh, World Juniors are coming. Uh, who are for people that you know, like Celebrini's there? What? Um, who are the Who are the guys? Maybe you're most intrigued to watch at this year's tourney. Well, I mean, you're always intrigued to watch. Uh, you know, players. A lot of the players have been drafted. I mean, obviously, Macklin Celebrini is a is a top notch player. Cole Eisenman is not playing for the USA. There's some other good players. Uh, Consta Hellenius, who's, who's a terrific player, he'll be suiting up for uh, Finland. He's going to be a real, uh, real significantly uh, significant player for Finland and a top pick in the NHL draft. A- Emil Hemming, who who's going to play for Finland, he's another really good player that's uh, that's up for the draft. Adam Yurichek, David's younger brother, he'll be playing for Czechia. Those are just some of the some of the draft picks that are that are going to be in the, in, in the tournament. You know, when you start to look at the overall tournament, though, you, you start to look back to last year's draft and the, and the year before draft. I mean, I mean Jimmy Snuggerud and Cutter Goche for USA, they're going to be in the league next year in the National Hockey League, in my view. You know, Gabe Perot, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, just a fantastic line for the USA. You know, you start to consider what their abilities are, and they're going to be a handful for any team. Sweden is loaded. Sweden has a great team on home ice. I think the USA and Canada and, the, and Sweden are the favorites heading into the tournament. Uh, and they've won the last two U18s, and they've both been in the last two 18 finals. One a gold medal win and a silver medal uh, award for each of the teams. 
bottom line is when you're on home ice and you've got that type of quality of a team, you, you have a chance to win. I think Canada, just to quickly go to Canada, you know, they don't have the star power they had in the last two World Juniors. They're going to rely on really good, tight, disciplined play. I think they have a great chance to be in the semifinal because of the pool. Uh, you, you know, they're not, and their crossover game, they're not going to finish fourth, which would force them to play the USA in a crossover quarterfinal. They're going to get Czechia or Slovakia. So it's imperative and incumbent upon Team Canada to get their game rolling into the tournament so that they're best prepared for a quarterfinal matchup where they can give themselves the best chance to play in a semifinal and ultimately a medal. That's, that's where I see the team. I don't see Canada in the, in the class of Sweden and USA at the outset of this tournament. But as we've seen in, in previous tournaments, it's, it's about how you build. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, Craig Button uh, joins us from uh, TSN. And, uh, Craig, when you look at at a team that like Calgary, I know, you know, you live in Calgary, I'm sure you watch the Flames all the time and, and you look at that team and kind of the direction they're like, they're right on the, you know, they're right in the playoff hunt if they want to be in the playoff hunt. And the somewhat argue, well, you just got to get in. Look at Florida, right? Like Florida could have missed the playoffs if Pittsburgh hadn't choked against Chicago. And then we'll never know what would have happened for their deep run. But like, what do you make of Calgary? It's, it's easy to say trade off everybody, but I like, even if they trade off their UFAs, they still got some good players and I'm not sure they'll be terrible next year. So what would you do in Calgary? What do you think they're going to do? Okay, a couple of things. Calgary also fell to Chicago, too, to end the playoff hopes last year, too, on home ice, just like Pittsburgh. And just because I live in Calgary doesn't mean I just watch the Calgary No, Flames. I know. There's some, there's some nights I don't feel like watching the Calgary Flames because they're not very uh, appealing. Uh, I, I think the hardest thing for the Calgary Flames right now, Jason, is understanding where you're at. Do you, do you want to commit to Hannafin, Tanneth, and Lindholm long-term? I mean, they put contract hold, uh, contract talks on hold with those players, and and it's not just about are they are they close to being a playoff team? Can they be a playoff team? Maybe they can be, but I think that if you're going to commit to those UFAs, you're committing to them for a longer period of time. What does it mean with them in your lineup? Can you become a contender? You might be able to make the playoffs. Well, great. Do you want to be the Minnesota Wild who were who were in the playoffs for all those years and and, and pose no threat to anybody? I'm, that's a question they have to answer. I know from my perspective, I wouldn't be interested in that. I think they have some good young players. I think they have some good young prospects. I think they have some good players on their team. But, you know, they're going to have money if they, if they move some of those players off. They're not going to have long-term commitments. I'm not, I, I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be competing at the top. So if I'm, if I'm Craig Conroy and I'm the manager in Calgary, I'm moving those guys out. I'm seeing what I can get in return. I think I can get some good things. And I'm starting to retool the team. I don't need to blow it up like the Chicago Blackhawks, who are just awful. But I'm going to start moving because I don't think that this team, you limp into the playoffs, who cares? Yeah. Uh, no, you're, uh, it's probably fair. I just, I'm, I'm intrigued to see kind of how they go about. It. Like a lot of people have, yeah. have said they should do, they should try to do what Vancouver did, right? Where they traded Bo Horvat and then took the pieces from Bo Horvat to get other pieces, right? Hronik and things like that. And, and I get the theory behind it, but I'm not sure it's always that simple. You're right. It, it, you know, it's never simple, 
But if you have a plan and you say, okay, here's where we're at, if you assess your team, I think the key part for management is always assess your team for what it is. Don't, don't assess it based on what you hope it could be or what you thought it could be. And, and then assess it going forward. Okay, what does it mean to have these players? What can we do in terms of, you, you know, moving some of the UFAs a la the uh, uh, Vancouver Canucks? And, and then going that route. Obviously, you have, to make a good, you have to make good moves and you have to make good trades to move in that direction. But that's the one, that's the path that I would go on. And I would say, hey, listen, make good moves, make good trades and understand. I mean, you think about like a little, uh, I don't know if it's a little trade, but the Vancouver Canucks went and got Philip Ronick last year at the deadline. You know, that might not have been a trade that people were really looking at. That was a really good trade, a really good mm-hmm. trade because it added another top four defenseman, a top three defenseman in your group. And, and then, you know, obviously we know they added Zadorov. They signed Ian Cole. They signed Carson Soucy. They draft a bunch of defensemen. You know, they're trying to move it forward with the idea that we were not going to compete having Bo Horvat on the long-term contract along with J.T. Miller. We weren't going to be able to do it. And I think that's where the planes have to look at as well. i got a fun question for you, Craig. Assuming that McDavid and Kucherov are going to finish first and second in league scoring. Who do you think finishes third? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, so let me be clear. I think that McDavid will be the, the Art Ross Trophy winner again. Yeah, I agree. I say, I, I just, he's too good. <laughs> and Kucherov's great, don't get me wrong. Third? Uh, who will be third? Okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go right here. I'm going to lay it out there. Jack Hughes. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, it's a good pick. Good pick. It's hard to bet against Leon. I know it is. I have a hard time because, but when when Connor gets rolling, Leon usually gets rolling. So I'm I'm going I'm going a little bit off the board with Jack. Yeah. Well, hey, Hughes is uh, right now. I think Hughes has the uh, the third highest points per game behind uh, yeah. Kucherov <laughs> and McDavid. So it's not a bad pick uh, at all. You know, he missed a few of those games. Otherwise, he'd probably be uh, up around forty points uh, himself as well. Craig, have yourself an awesome weekend, and uh, we will chat with you next Friday. And, and just real quickly, if Andrea from the Christmas Bureau is listening, I will be phoning her and getting my money to her. I forgot to do it this week. My apologies. Want to make sure that that money gets there so it can be used properly. All right, Buds, we love it. Hey, no problem. Yeah, you get on. Hey, we don't trust me. You don't want Andrea chasing you down, Buds. You will be in, you will be in big trouble. No, I'm sure. <laughs> Big trouble. Yeah, I love have it. a great weekend. Hey, you too. That's uh, Craig Button from uh, TSN. And hey, speaking of the Pyramid of Giving, Jason just came in at 500, so we are down to only one left at uh, 500. We also had Brandon in at uh, 200, Brandon in at 100, and Alex. So hey, we're filling it up. We're down to one person at 500. We are down to five people at uh, 200, and we're down to uh, six at a hundo. Okay, down to the, I love it. 833-401-1440. 833-401-1440. And that will give us a 7,500. And Booster Juice is going to match the pyramid, which gets it to $15,000 for the Christmas Bureau. So uh, a few of you out there, you got 100 bones left in your pocket. You're just like, ah, you know what? No problem. No problem. I can do it. We can do an e-transfer. They'll take an e-transfer. You get a tax receipt. More importantly, you know you're going to help out a lot of families at uh, Christmas time, which is the most basic, simple thing that uh, a lot of us in a good position where, you know what, we'll probably just take it for granted. Just having a nice, no stress, having a Christmas dinner. 
I'm talking affording it. I know some Christmas dinners are stressful depending on who's there, but I'm talking about the food. All right, 833-401-1440. Gregor, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube. Hope you're having a lovely day. Man, we get some snow? Am I wrong in that? How many of you, just quick, yes or no, like how many of you want snow? What? Come on. We all want a little bit of snow. So... There you go. It'd be nice to get it. Uh, you can text in 833-401-1440, or you can call 833-401-1440 if you want to make uh, a donation for the uh, Pyramid of Giving. And Lisa and her crew will call you out. So uh, we are down. We're pretty close. We need... Uh, Five people at 200, one person at 500, and uh, we're down to. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A six at $100. All right, we get that in. We fill it up and Booster Juice will match the pyramid. All right, we'll get down to the power hour. All right, maybe you're getting in your vehicle, just getting off work. You want to help out the Christmas Bureau? It's a great cause. Wonderful charity that helps a lot of people with, um, you know, just the basics of Christmas that we, you know, not a basic for them, but we give them the opportunity to have the basic necessities at Christmas. So 833-401-1440, include your name and how much you'd like to donate, 100, 200, 500, hey, even 50 bucks. We had a few people do 50. It's totally fine. It all adds up. We'd love it. So if you want to help out, we'd love to get to that today. we got an hour and seven minutes remaining. Let's get to the uh, comments, sports. Uh, actually, let's get to five questions, not the update. Five questions brought to you by The Brick. And uh, right now, you can get uh, huge savings leading into Christmas. woo But only until Monday. $1,700 off on sectionals, $1,400 off sofas, 25% off home, entertainment, furniture, and fireplaces. Check it out at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Jason, question number one. Despite the loss last night and some Oilers fans panicking, the Oilers are still 8-2 and two in their last 10. So if you're doing power rankings right now in the NHL, what spot would you have the Oilers in? Huh, that's a good question. 
Um, like you can say who they are because they're bad start. The problem is their bad start was so incredibly bad that it's going to kind of skew things on who you, when I look at them. I look at the Edmonton Oilers and I'll say, okay, look at teams and and their main core group has been here for the last 150 games and they got what the fifth most wins fourth most wins so i would still put edmonton power rankings right now as like a top seven team i like that one Uh, i had them at eight i still think there's teams that obviously ahead of them but uh eight and hey it's power rankings where are they right now i'm not worried about how they start off the season right now i think they're uh, obviously a top 10 team and I got them in the eight spot right now. Question number two for you. If you were in charge of things, how, or how things are being run down in Bakersfield, how would you be handling the goalie situation with Jack Campbell and Olivier Rodrigue? Obviously, Campbell down there at first to try to, you know, figure out his game, but you still got to develop the younger goaltender, right? Well, to some point, sure. Um, although right now their focus is on winning. And obviously they still think that there's maybe some, something salvageable in Campbell. Now, I'm not part of the organization. So, you know what? My viewpoint on it's probably different. I'm like to me it at best it's salvageable till the end of the season and then you're, you know, you're going to try to trade him and retain some salary rather than a buyout. That would be way better and maybe even try to retain some salary this year to get rid of him. I think that's the most likely scenario. So, you know, they'll play him, but you know, Rodrigue, he does require waivers next year, but considering how limited games he'll have had, very few goalies get claimed on waivers who have, you know, that few games played. So they're probably hedging on that. Yeah, I mean, I I like what you say there. You're still focused on winning games if you're the Condors. So, but I, I'd like to see Olivier Rodriguez get some more opportunities, see what he can do. Uh, they invested a second round pick in him a couple of years ago. So I'd like to see what he's got as far as the upside goes and how he'll develop. Question number three, Bruce Boudreaux back behind the bench for Canada at the Spangler Cup later this month. If he wants to, do you think he'll be back at the NHL level at any point? Boudreaux? I don't think so. I don't. I, I, think, I know he wants to. That's why he's coaching here. He wants to stay in the game. But my gut would tell me he won't be. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering about that too. I like him. I like the, the NHL game with him there, but I'm kind of leaning towards no as well. Good for him, though, for uh, going over there and have a great time this holiday season. From what we've heard, the Spangler Cup is a great time. Uh, question number four. Yesterday, the CFL schedule was released. For the home games, the Elks, plenty of Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, which is great. When it comes to going to a CFL game for yourself, what day of the week is your favorite? Well, I, I honestly, I love the Saturday 5 o'clock games or 2 o'clock game. So those that's probably my favorite times. Yeah, I mean, when I had the season tickets and going with the guys, I always used to love the early Saturday game, but also Friday night. I think that's a great way to kick off the weekend, 7 o'clock. Got plenty of time to get down there and get the weekend going. Friday, Saturday for sure. Sunday, not not for me personally. And a final question for you on this hypothetical Friday. You're invited to a Christmas potluck. What are you bringing and what is the worst thing that somebody could bring? I'll let you go first. Well, for me, I mean, I kind of get lazy. There is actually an office potluck here. And my mom makes a dessert tray which I think I'm going to bring. If it was like I'm trying to impress people more so, I'd probably do a little pulled pork. Like, who doesn't like a little pulled pork sandwich? Mm-hmm. Or you can avoid the sandwich, and it's it's a nice little treat. So that that's an easy one to bring. The worst thing for me, as usual, would be fish. If someone brought in some fish dish, 
It would smell bad, and I would hate it. Oh, so shrimp ring, man, that's a classic. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a classic that single guy. Okay. You bring the shrimp ring. Oh, it's awesome. Not me, but yeah, someone could bring that one, and I would stay away from it. Um, well, the simplest thing you could bring for is, is just bring the. Uh, I love the uh, the lime nachos with salsa. Oh, it's like those things are addictive. But uh, people, you just stand around, and the next thing you know, like you're crushing them. So it's if people were someone might say it's simple, but hey, sometimes. What's the adage? Keep it simple, stupid. So uh, I, that that's a, a simple one for me. Um, what would I other thing? You know what? Honestly, like I love veggie platters and and like the homemade. This uh, there's a homemade dip that uh, my my friend Jill gave the recipe to my wife, and we made it's super easy and it's unreal, right? And so you mix the veggies in with that. So. Uh, because lots of times, like, there's so much sweets. You know me, I love sweets, but I still would like something quasi-healthy. So at least if I bring the veggie platter with the dip I like, then I know I'm going to eat it. And that's an easy one, too. Yes. Like, like the shrimp ring. You can just go to the grocery oh, store and get those pre-made veggie trays. The shrimp ring is such a classic. Like, I love the shrimp ring. I'll never, if anybody shows up, my, I'm never offended if somebody shows up with a shrimp ring. I think it's a fantastic choice. It's top of the line. I never hear me complain over the shrimp ring, buddy. Hey guys, I had a buddy bring cow tongue once from Spruce Grove Quarry. Ooh. I well, obviously I've tried cow tongue. And here's the thing. If you told if you didn't tell people what it was, I think most people would be like, "Oh, that's not bad." But once you say what it is, it's a game changer. Because I told my friend, I'm like, why'd you tell me? Because now that's all I'm thinking about. I don't want to eat a cow tongue. But I ate it. And I was like, actually, the taste wasn't bad. But once I knew it was cow tongue, psychologically, I was defeated. I was like, mm, I don't think I'm going to like this. So I think if you bring a specialty dish like that, it's almost, you know, well, what's this one? Well, well you know, I don't really know. It's unknown meat. And people would be more willing to eat it if you say, well, it's a surprise meat. Oh, okay, I'll try it. What is it? Cow tongue? Meh, I'll pass. <laughs> but it's true. I think a lot of people are like that. So, how do you serve cow tongue? Like if it was chopped up in sauce, I might, I might give it a go. But when when I now I've only had it once, and how they served it really, it was just like in small little thin strips, and I can't remember if there was a sauce with it or not. All right, the the one I had was fried, and it wasn't. Like I said, it honestly didn't taste that bad. But I couldn't I couldn't get past the fact that I knew what it was. So while it tasted okay, I still couldn't say that I liked it. So there you go. Randy's in at 500. Roger's in at uh, 200. Uh, uh, Salandra is in at 100. Nice. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We're going to have a power hour. And, hey, all the big ones are done. we got a few small ones left. It's great. 833-401-1440. If you want to help us out in the month of giving, in the pyramid of giving, that would be great as we are helping out the Christmas Bureau. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley. Sports 1440 update fueled by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today and start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will help get you through the day only at Booster Juice.